Welcome, everybody, to the Tippin' Maple Leafs podcast, episode number 184. And coming up on this one, the big bad Bruins came to town on Saturday for a tilt with the Leafs. It was a good game, but they lost 4-3 in overtime. Surprise, surprise, they were in overtime again. Matthew scores his first goal in 10 games, ended up having a pair of goals and some positives and negatives this season for the Leafs. That's all coming up here on uh, 184 of the Tippin' Maple Leafs podcast. Chad, we had an Austin Matthews sighting on Saturday night against the Bruins. Nice to see for the first time in 10 games. And Max Domi finally gets the monkey off his back. A bunch to get to here. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff, guys. Let's hit the intro. Welcome, everybody, to the Tip In Maple Leafs podcast. I'm Chad. I'm Dale. Don't forget to follow us on social media at the Tip In Maple Leafs podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Hit like, hit subscribe while you're on YouTube. Tip In podcast on TikTok, Tip In pod on Twitter, and email us tippinpodcast at gmail.com. And you can donate at patreon.com backslash the Tip In Maple Leafs podcast. Dale, how you doing? Yeah, okay. You? I'm all right. I'm alive. What'd you think Saturday night? What'd you think of that game? Uh, it, it was good. There were some things I liked about it. There were some things I didn't like about it. Yeah, but of course, in the end, they came back to to force it to overtime, and they got a point. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to complain about. I don't think in that hockey game. Um, I'll take it, but you know, yeah, would it have been nice to obviously get the win against the Bruins? Of course. Uh, the Leafs, have, the Bruins have dipped a little bit as of late. The Leafs could have really narrowed the gap um, a little tighter if they would have got the two points there in regulation, but didn't happen, whatever. Um, take the point and move on. But here we are again in a stretch of four days off. So what is that? Think about how much time they've had off, like coming home, going to Sweden, coming home from Sweden, play a handful of games. Now here we are back to another four days off, but when we get back to action on Thursday night, it's basically every other night from for the rest of the season, minus the all-star break. So you're going to be seeing our faces all over here for leading up to Christmas and, and well after that. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, you know, a 4-3 loss in overtime, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, there's not much you can do. It was, um, I mean, there was a lot of hype going into the game. Sure. A lot of people, I think, were looking for blood. Measuring stick. Yeah. Measuring stick. Last time they played Boston, uh, Marshawn took Lilligren into the boards. He has a high ankle sprain. He hasn't played since. Just started skating. So a lot of people were like, well, maybe something should happen on Saturday night. Did anything happen on Saturday night? No. Of course not. Of course not, man. No. That's just not what these guys are about. Just not what they are about. But it would have been nice to get the win. Yeah, I would have seen. I would have liked to see somebody, you know, go after Marchand. Of course, I would have loved it. But uh, he ends up getting a winner in overtime too. But uh, anyway, okay, Chad, listen to this. You got anything off the top? I got a, a few things off the top. 
that Keith said, and then we'll get into a few other things, including, oh, what including what did Kiefer say? Our biggest negatives, three biggest negatives, three biggest positives of the season so far. So stay tuned for that. And a few other things after that. Okay, you want to hear what Keith uh, had to say there yesterday and their their media availability? Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love okay, to hear it. Talking about the Domi line, and since he put Max, you know, at center and and all the stuff that's been going on there, he said Keith, eh? like Domi coming off his first goal, all that. But Keith says, yeah, Domi's line a little up and down as of late, little up and down. Okay. I thought they were really good on the weekend, whatever. But if you want to say that Sheldon, okay. Fair to say little up and down talking about Nick Robertson. He said, Keith says, yeah, with Robertson, there's definite growth there. He's a guy that was used to filling the back of the net consistently, but Keith sees growth there. I like that. I see growth there too. Do you not? <laughs> yeah. Both ends of the ice. I see some growth with Robertson, so I'm liking that. He says Bertuzzi has a really hard stick. Is that something we didn't know, or did we know? <laughs> did we already know that? I mean, if I were to just look at Bertuzzi, I'd probably guess hard stick. But I didn't know it as a fact, and now I know it as a fact. He didn't. Keith didn't elaborate it on it much more than that. He just, I think he means like he's hard on the puck and blah, blah, blah. But he didn't say that. He just nope. said Bertuzzi has a really hard stick. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about showers in the shower here? Are we talking about the play on the ice? Are we talking about both? <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. I mean, so, if, you, if you don't specify, right? Yeah. Keith was all over it in, in this media availability event yesterday, all over it. Talking about Noah Gregor. This is the last one. He says, Gregor is going to get an opportunity to come. And by that, he means, and he did say this, and by that, he means play higher up the lineup. He's going to get an opportunity to come. And what a way to phrase it. And by that, he meant play get an opportunity to potentially play higher up the lineup. Thoughts on anything there from Keith Chad? Any thoughts on any of those things? Because my I, thought is very interesting. The last few shows we've opened with a lot of Keith comments, and I don't know if Keith is listening to the tip-in, but either way, he is, I mean, he's phrasing everything perfectly. Absolutely perfect. You know, he's getting ready to come. Got a hard stick. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah, no, uh, I, I actually watched that media availability and the hard, um, the Noah Gregor thing. I knew you were going to talk about it on the show as soon as like, I heard it. Pe people might think like I'm making this up. No, but I'm he not. actually says this. <laughs> like, I'm he not. actually says it. So it's just, and I think yeah. he caught himself too because he's like, you know, he's uh, he's getting he's going to have the opportunity to come. A and <laughs> what I mean by that is, <laughs> yeah. Play higher up the lineup like that. So, yeah, that's interesting. It, some interesting comments there. Um, so it's looking like he's liking Robertson's game. He's liking Bertuzzi's game as of late. I mean, while he didn't say he's liking Bertuzzi's game, he just said he's got a very hard stick. Um, I think which he mean, also which said heavy, heavy, too. It's heavy. Yeah, it's which, hard and it's heavy. So that's that's an elite, that's a double combo right there. Yeah, you don't need to say someone has a good game no. when they have a hard, heavy stick. We no. know they're bringing a good game. That's right. So praising Robertson a bit, praising Bertuzzi, praising Gregor. Um, there you go, Sheldon Keefe. Um, nice. Going to the game, not 
like not going to go through everything here, but the le- uh, the Bruins were leading two nothing halfway through the game. Um, Nyes and Nylander with some good work. Matthews pops it in for his 15th of the season to make it 2-1. He ultimately had the tire late. Uh, so to his 15th and his 16th goal of the season for Matthews. Nice to see him finally get some things cooking, Chad, after 10 games of where is he? I don't, I don't want to say where has he been, but you know what I mean? Not on the score sheet. Yeah, he, well, he hadn't been Austin Matthews. No. For 10 games. He, he had done some things, but he didn't look like the Hart Trophy 60-goal scoring Austin Matthews that we've all come to love. No. And he, even on Saturday, like he, he had a good game and he popped a few goals, but... I don't know what it is, man. His line mates like Nylander's gone up there. And I feel like Nylander's played the worst hockey of yeah. the year playing with yep. Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner has gone down with JT. And I feel like Mitch is playing the best hockey so far this season. So yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's Austin. I don't know what it is. It's interesting, man. Um, I'm not sure. It's hard. It's hard to say exactly, but. We'll get into a few more of those things later. Anyway, Domi ends up getting his first as a Leaf, and he almost exploded in his pants. He was so excited. Man, oh, man, was he ever happy to pop that puppy in the back of the net or what? Well, think about it, man. Monkey off the back right there. He signed with your, you know, the team that you grew up with, your dad played for, and it's been 20 games and you haven't had a goal yet. That's a huge monkey to get off your back. It was good. Yeah. I almost called it. I said he was going to score the first goal in the Boston game. He scored the second goal in the Boston game. Yeah. Hey, man. Look, so ultimately, um, the Bruins did get a a late goal in the third period. The Leafs got – they tied it at three with seconds remaining. It went to overtime, ended up losing it 4-3 in overtime. I thought Wall was really good in this game. Again, he made 33 saves. A couple of goals that – not the best, I would say, but overall, six saves in overtime. And I think overall, again, like a solid performance by Joseph Wall. I don't think he cost them that game. What do you think, Joseph Wall? I thought Joseph Wall was really good. Yeah. Like he, yeah. a couple of the goals, not the best, right? Yeah. Waving but- his, behind the net, he got mixed up a bit. He's waving. He thought he had it in his glove and he didn't. Like there was a couple, sure, a couple goals. Sure. But I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, the defense in front of him is just barely hanging on. It's oh hanging on by a thread. And he's managed to – he's top 10 in the league for starting goalies in save percentage. Like, I think – imagine he had a really good defense in front of him. Like, well, yeah, not a lot of help, right? That's no, there's not a lot of help. Yeah. And they can't – they're having trouble getting the puck up to the forwards, and they're having a lot of trouble. They're, they're giving up a lot of chances, a lot of point-blank shots, and he's – He's doing really well. His rebound control is really good, too. So I thought oh, he yeah. played really awesome. well. A couple soft goals. But again, I think he's been steady. And he's our number one guy right now. Wouldn't you say 100%. he's the number one guy? Oh, without a – he's how many games? He's just played his, what, fourth game in a row, whatever? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, he, they're so riding him because Keith, happen? Keith knows that he gives them the best chance to win, without a doubt. So if he keeps this up and he goes down the road and he just – he's the number one guy. You know, like he's he's got 30 games under his belt and you're just like, okay, he'll have the odd bad game like everybody does, but he's a number one goalie. What do you do with Samsonov? Just let it ride out as the backup? I think so. And then you just don't resign him next season. That's probably what I would do because you never know what's going to happen. Like, you, you never know Martin, what's going to happen. You still have Martin Jones. I know. I wouldn't mind seeing Jones get a few games, but 
do you not think it might be a little like they've got a back to back coming up here um, next week? Yeah. I like I don't no, I'm not sure what they're going to do in Ottawa. I think they go with Wall because they just had four days off. Like why switch it now? Um, maybe not though. I could be wrong. But I think Samsonov gets back in there. We haven't seen the end of him. He'll get another opportunity here. But I'll tell you what, man, something's got to click very quick here for within his next couple starts or all of a sudden it's like not even a question anymore and it's just walls and net every night and samson ups the yeah. backup like basically playing back we, to backs and that's it yeah we might have already crossed that line maybe it, like he for sure samson off i'm talking about here he has to show something in his next couple starts that like okay i'm still in the fight here like i want to you know if he doesn't it's joseph walls net curtains it's yeah. yeah, he's he's the clear cut backup, and and like you said, if we're not already there, I don't I don't think it's a it's fully there right now. I think there's still going to be opportunity for Samson up to to figure it out, but running out of runway without a doubt. Um, who who, who would you start in Ottawa? Is that the is that the game on Thursday? Thursday, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'd start Joseph Wall. I'd start Joseph yeah. Wall until the next back to back. Yeah, so would I. I think with the whole Sweden thing, it kind of it kind of fucked everything up for the goalies because they only played they each only played one game in twelve days, and then the travel and everything like that. Joseph Wall seems to be getting into a groove right now, yep. and I'm just gonna ride that out to the next back to back. I mean, he would have to have a pretty bad game for me to go back to Samsonov. That's where I would be at. I I think you're right. TV. He's given them a chance to win every time he's in net. So why? Why fuck with straight, why straight from that at this point? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so not a segment per se, but kind of. Like, I wanted to go to the three biggest. I got a few things after this too, Chad, but I wanted to go to the three biggest positives so far that we think have happened for the least this season, and the three biggest negatives so far. So I've got a three pack of each. Do you have a three pack of each? Yep. Okay. You want to fire us up? Positives, negatives, wherever you want to start. Take her, brother. Yeah, well, I'll start with a positive. Uh, the first positive I have is that even though we have spent probably the majority of the podcast this year complaining about tree living and the defense and he's got to do something, the Leafs right now, you know, they have 28 points in the standings. They're right there. They're in the middle of the pack, but but they're they're within reach of the top teams and to have that record when you basically have an AHL defense with Morgan Riley and Brody and McCabe and that's it is pretty i mean that's a pretty big positive they they've what are they 6 and 1 in their last 7 games with this defense that's pretty good yeah okay like i would piggyback off that because i have the exact same thing exactly what i have or i had was it's the exact same thing you said I, they haven't come close. I'll add a little bit to it. They haven't come close to playing their best hockey, but they are still right there in the mix. That's the, basically what you what you just said. So yeah. that that's where I'm, that that to me is the absolute biggest positive so far, without a doubt. They're sniffing right around it, and they haven't come nowhere close to playing their best hockey. This team has a lot more to give, right? Yes. Yeah, it has a lot more to give. Okay. Um, so yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, go. Uh, what did you want? Negatives? Positives? No, let's just do, do let's all just positives. Do, all, yeah, let's just do the positives and then we'll all go right. to the negatives. You, what's um, your positive? So we basically had the same one there. So 
there's a couple obviouses here. Like, I'm not going to say Nylander, although you can if you want to. But, like, clearly the Nylander thing has been a major, a major positive. Um, like, just how well this guy looks. I think it's it's really good. So I'll just give a mention there. If you want to say it, do you have that down? If you want to say it, go ahead. If, if you had that as one of them. Uh, yeah, well, I had more than three, and I had Nylander. Yeah, same, same. Okay, so we can, we don't have to... We've spent the majority honorable of the mention, with, honorable well, mention. We, we've spent the majority of the podcast this season talking like how much have we talked about Nylander? It's yeah. like it's been constant, right? But uh, he's having a bit of a dip here. Yeah, but well deserved. He was playing incredible at the start. Of, of course, game. of course. So I'll be very surprised if the other two that I have aren't what you have. But um, I'll go in net, man. I'll go with Wall because. Look, let's be serious here. How long's it been since the Leafs have had a homegrown kid? And I say kid, even though he's not a kid. He's he was drafted the same year as Austin Matthews. Yeah, he's a rookie potentially, like or he, not potentially. He is in his rookie season. It's his first full season in the league. But he's dealt with injuries. The Leafs have dealt with not being able, a lot of patchwork and net over the years, not being able to find a legitimate number one guy going back to. Anderson, Freddie Anderson was the yeah. last legitimate number one. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, dealt to the Leafs via trade, a homegrown drafted prospect that looks like this kid could be the guy for years to come. So many positives to start this season. Joseph Wall just yeah. so impressed. Like, legitimately, could be the Leafs' number one goaltender. Can he, you know, start getting them like? Yeah, that's... winning in the playoffs. Like it's just it's a lot of so many positive things about Joseph Wall. Oh, for sure. It's crazy. I never really thought about it. And just off the top of my head, like probably James Reimer was the last, but I wouldn't have considered him like a I don't know if anyone really ever looked at him as a true number one goalie. Not like I wouldn't not like so Wall. If you go back, like would it be Felix Potvin was the last goalie that they drafted that they were like, this guy's gonna be our like he's our number one for years. Well, Unfortunately, is, is there anybody in between there? There is, but the I guy. Just remember, I remember the guy, the... there was a two pack. One of them ended up oh, getting traded somewhere well that else. Does, that doesn't count. Drafted, they they okay. never played. I'm talking about Tuka Rask and Justin yeah. Bogey. Thanks a fucking pantload, John Ferguson Jr. Holy fuck! I cannot confirm or deny. Actually, sorry, I can confirm that John Ferguson Jr. was a fucking terrible general manager. One of the worst Leafs trade trades in history, man. Yeah. Tuka Rask. Could you imagine what we could have potentially done if they if that just that one trade doesn't happen? Like, could you? Uh, it's it's insane. Uh, I totally forgot about that. I was I was thinking of goalies that actually know. played for the league. I know. And Pogi, he never. Uh, we had him. We never. had Tuka Rask. There's a picture of him on draft day in a Leafs jersey, and that's it. <laughs> anyway, that's it. yeah, but he yeah. never he he never even came to Toronto. No, he never came to Toronto. He was drafted, and then they phoned him a few weeks later, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you've been traded for terrible Andrew Raycroft or whatever." It was. He never yeah, actually. It was yeah, I know, but I don't know if it was a few weeks after, but he never actually reported to the Marlies or anything like that. Absolutely terrible. But Joe, but going back to Reimer, like Reimer was good for what he was, but and he's been able, James has been able to stay in the league for he's still in the league. Like he's playing with Detroit. Like he's been kudos to James Reimer. I I always liked James when he was a Leaf, but I never felt 
confident that he was going to take the Leafs to where they needed to go. No. And it, small, small sample size with Joseph Wall, but you were talking about his positioning and like he looks like a modern, he's a big guy. He looks like a modern day guy that is going to be a starter and potentially he could do some really good things here. Yeah. And it might have been the team with James Reimer too. He never well, had a good Leafs team in front of him, but no, that didn't help either. But right. uh, anyway, okay, go ahead, man. Go uh, ahead. The positive I have this year is the captain, John Tavares, 33, nice. year, 33 years old. Uh, he's in the sixth year of a seven year contract. This was the time where I think a lot of people thought that he might fall off. You know, sure. I think even when they signed the contract, Dubas and Shanahan probably thought, all right, if we get a good four years out of him and five, six, seven, he looks like the same player this year. Maybe even having a better year than some of his other years. His skating looks better. He's hard on the puck. He's putting up points. He's winning faceoffs. Like he's giving you so much that I don't think they expected in the sixth year of his contract. So that's a positive that he's still kicking at 33. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, the only thing I would add, I agree ever, with everything you just said. The only thing I would add to that would be, I still think the contract is, it's just not 11, 11 million. It's just, it's still, too, it's too much. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I, I agree what, with what you're saying about his play and what he's bringing to the table and that. I, I do agree with that. I just wish the price well, tag was not, was not. I have a, I have a special fourth negative for you at the end. That goes okay. hand in hand with that. Okay. So my third positive, and then we'll move on to the negative. It is like, this is a pretty easy one for me. It's uh, we were all over this kid when he came in late last season uh, and looked incredible. And I think he's carried it into this season. And I'm talking about Maddie Nyes, number 23. How can you not be impressed? And here's another homegrown drafted kid that is coming in. He looks like he's, this guy looks like he's legitimately going to be something when he really starts putting it all together and figures it like figuring it out. Whoever's coaching the team at that time, I doubt it'll be Keith. But like when this guy, a two-way, you want to talk about a two-way forward, this guy's going to be out. He goes to the net. He's strong in the corners. He defends well. He strips pucks well. There's nothing, Chad. There's not one thing that I don't like about this guy. Major positive this season for me, the play of Matthew Nice. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Watch And that's uh, watching the game Saturday night, one of the things I had in my notes was that we were talking about who was going to be hard and hard to play against and give Boston a tough time. He was the only guy on that line who was like going into the corners, dumping, not afraid, not afraid. afraid. I mean, no. Yeah. It's just, he looks so good and big. uh, When another guy, when's the last time, you know, we found a guy like that, like not like a top 10 draft pick that, well, he out. wasn't a he was yeah no, no, like no. he was I'm saying like you're gonna hit with you draft Austin Matthews, the good chance is gonna hit Mitch Marner, that kind of thing. He, when's the last late, time a late you, round, yeah, a late round top six forward? It's been a while. Oh my god. Like I guess maybe Tyler Bozak, but he was a college he wasn't he wasn't he signed, drafted. I know, but you signed him out of college and he ended up being like your number one center. Yeah, it's been a long time since they had a draft pick come up. Like literally, we're going back to staging and steam. Like that really is what it is. It's someone who could play on the top line that you drafted late in the game, right? And they fuck, they fuck both of those guys up too. But anyway, um, hopefully, Nyes. I mean, could you see? Okay, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Anyway, let's go to the negatives. Matthew Nyes, incredible. So just 
a lot of a lot there's some good stuff there now let's get to some of the old negatives because there's a few of those kicking around too chad why don't you lead us off with your number one negative my number one negative is off-season moves uh, Me too. <laughs> AKA Brad Tree Living. Just the the Ryan Reeves signing and um uh Klingberg. I mean it just it it hasn't looked good. And then when I no. heard when I heard Elliot Friedman talking about how they were trying to get Zadorov out of Calgary, yep. but they needed them to retain salary. And then when he was breaking down the numbers, and I was like Geez, that money sounds a little bit like Ryan Reeves' money that you're trying to get Calgary to hang on to. Just stuff like that, right? Like you put yourself in a corner where now you're trying to make deals, but because of some bad signings, you're like, all right, I can't actually, uh, I don't have the money to do that. My anyway. number my number one biggest negative so far, the exact same thing as you, it's Brad Trip. <laughs> it's, it's not, yeah, the moves, but it's just Brad Tree living in general. Makes... Reeves, you can barely fucking play him. He's been a little better as of late. You can barely play this guy. Um, Domi and uh, Bertuzzi, sure. Okay. I'm okay with those guys in the mix yeah, here. I like Bertuzzi little, and Domi. Yeah. A little, little bit more on them in a second. Um, fucking Klingberg, gone. So ba basically two of the four guys you can't even fucking play. They He sends out Lafferty. I think Lafferty would fit in very nicely in this bottom six right now. No problem. What do you, I'd much rather have Lafferty playing on a nightly basis than fucking Ryan Reeves. That's yep. just me. But uh, And then tree living, the lack of – is it a lack of effort? I don't know. Whatever. You got to get fucking something done. The lack of making the proper adjustments on the back end. Like read the fucking uh, writing on the wall here, Brad. Like the back end kind of sucked going in. It looked like on paper pretty shit going into the season. Now it's even worse. Like you said, they're hanging on by the fucking skin of their teeth, hanging by a thread, that yeah. blue line. So a lot tree the number one biggest negative in a nutshell for me is Brad Tree living yeah. tree living. I, Sorry, I, I would I would also add in the uh the contract to David Camp. Not that I don't like David Camp, mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. the, the big pay raise and the four and years and the four year contract Holy is just fuck. he's not it, bringing you much. David no. Camp, he's not bringing you much. It's a little too much. It's a little too rich in my eyes. So yeah, that I, feel, was I feel for camp a little bit having to play with Reeves on a fucking nightly basis, but they're rotating it. Like, I don't know. Hey, well, I hear you. No, camp camp brings something to you, but he, he does. But at that, does, he, does money, he bring you, does he bring you to, uh, does he bring you two and a half million dollars worth of something? I don't think so. No, I think, I, I think good general managers nowadays are able to find players that can fill those roles at league minimum or a little higher than that. Can't have a fourth line center making two and a half million dollars. Not in Come the salary on. cap world. Oh my God. Ridiculous. But that Free brings living. me to my honor roll negative. My honor roll negative is, has nothing to do with the Leafs per se, but it has to do with the NHL and the salary cap. Because I, I just, I am so sick of it, man. Everywhere I listen, all people talk about is fucking who makes what and how you can do this and least need a defenseman, but how can we afford one? How can we bring it in? Then I'm watching the NBA make a trade. Oh, you go over the salary cap. We'll pay a little tax on that. There you go. You give that to the poorer teams and we get the player that we want. And I'm just like, maybe yeah. Gary Bettman should step down, let someone else come in. Gary, and maybe Gary. 
Gary Batman. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Maybe Jerry could step down. Someone else could come in and we could just soft. You could keep the cap, but soften it a little bit. Oh, dude. I'm so I want to see some fucking trades. I He's... want to see trades in the NHL. I want yeah. to see the Leafs go out and be like, you know what? We have all this fucking, we have all these resources. We need defense. Let's go get defensemen. He's never stepping down. <laughs> He's like <laughs> 70 something years old. Like, yeah, retired. He's not doing it. I, I, I hear you. I, I agree 100% with everything you just said there. So a couple, just I'm not going to, whatever. For me, just to round out the negatives, um, I'm not even going to say, I was going to throw the D in there, but I'm not. Like the play of the D, I, I got to give him a bit of a pass because it's like basically half an AHL fucking core back there. So I think some of the, it, it washes out. Like blowing leads though, I think has been a big time negative, but they have come back in a lot of games as well, but they've blown a lot of leads as well. So I guess you can wash those out as well. And then Samsonov would have been the other one. Just the play of Samsonov has yeah. been a ma major negative, especially after the season he had last year, which like he looked really good. And all of a sudden he just looks like he's fallen off the face of the earth yeah. here with his play. But I think uh, he's still a good goalie, man. It's in his head. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. For sure. Okay. So is that the end of that there? Yeah. And also I would just throw in that the, I know that they only have five regulation wins, which is like, like third last in the league, but yeah, but not a, yeah, yeah, that's a good it's one. not enough. But I think the scratching out the games in overtime and and shootouts with with the defense that you have, like you say, kind of washes out a little bit. Yep. Okay. Fair enough, man. And guys, if you're watching here on YouTube, let us know in the comments down below what you think some of the main positives have been so far and some of the big time negatives. Do you agree with Chad and I, or do you have? A different thing that you're thinking. Let us know. Would love to hear your thoughts. Going to try to go through a couple things real, two things quick, Chad. Okay. Yep. How much of a factor do you think Bertuzzi and Domi will have in the playoffs? Quickly that I would say, I'll add to that before you answer. If the big boys don't drive the bus when it counts, does it matter anyway what Bertuzzi and Domi do? I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Um, I, I, it definitely matters. It definitely matters because you're a lot of times in the playoffs, your top players wash each other out and then it's basically your secondary scoring. I, I know Domi's had good playoffs and I know Bertuzzi last year was really good for Boston. First time in the playoffs. But I don't know if two guys are going to make a giant difference. How, because, how can they? How can they? Yeah, like maybe they might score a goal here and there and they might be in people's faces and not afraid to get in there and cuz you know, there's no ice, there's no room in the playoffs and they'll probably be better to play in that situation. But at the end of the day, if Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares don't show up, you're going to get bounced. If your top guys go MIA when it counts the most, then that's why I threw that in there as kind of a two-parter. Then I don't think it's going to matter what Domi or Bertuzzi does. Yeah, I just I I just don't think it's 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 the top it's the main four guys and then we'll see what the blue lines looking like and the goaltending will play a big role as well. Huge, but huge role. Bertuzzi and Domi potentially I think can help this team play better and potentially push through in the playoffs. But the core four, if those guys, like I said, go MIA when it counts the most, we're back to square one and they're getting beat by somebody in the first or the second round. It's yeah. just not going to happen. 
Um, maybe, you, maybe you, not. You would, well, I think you maybe. could you could squeak out a round. You could squeak out a win or two, like with Matthews, but, Marner, and them being quiet yeah, and your secondary scoring. But you're all not four of them, though. All no. four of them. I don't know, man. You're there's, not. There's, you're there's, not going to win a, four rounds. You're not going to win four rounds. Like Domi's only got one goal. So you're basically talking about the only other guys that can pop it in on this team. Yarncroc, Nice. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to score all the goals in the playoffs. It, like Matthews, Martin, they'll they'll get their points. It's when the game is is tight, like when it's a, a game, yeah, a big goal, game a big six. Goal. Yeah, when it's game six and everything's on the line, and the and other team's not giving you. You cannot just skate over the blue line. You've got to dump. You've got to go in and grind it in the corner and cycle the puck. When those types of games are are on the line, and you need a goal in that situation, I'm sure Bertuzzi and Domi will help. But at the end of the day, will they help enough to win four rounds? I don't think so. Unlikely. Unlikely. Okay, last one, Chad, before we get out of here. Friedman, was he's got a lot of things cooking up. He thinks the lease will go hard after Tanev. We already know this, but what I'm going to ask you is, can they get it done, and what would you personally be willing to pay to get Tanev from Calgary to Toronto. What's the what's too steep a price and what's the right in the sweet spot for you? What would you pay to get Tanev? I don't know. What would you be I, willing to pay? Are so, they and re, and remember that Zadorov went for a third and a fifth. Yeah. Are, are they and, and Tanev's a better player than Zadorov, I believe. Are the Leafs are the Leafs retain are Calgary retaining any salary? Or is I don't know. How, however you want to work it. How would you work it? What would you do? Uh, well, it, that's the thing, right? Like the reason they didn't get Zadorov is because they needed them to retain salary. So are they going to throw the lease and tree living a bone? Probably not. No, no, no. They're not going to do that. If, the, if they do retain salary, you're going to have to throw in a kicker. That's how it always works. Your draft pick's going to have to go higher. That is a really tough question. I would say probably, I don't know if you do it now and you get them for, the rest of the season you're doesn't probably... look doesn't look like he's in any rush though does it no but i mean you would pay a little more because you're going to get yeah. a lot more right. games out of them if you wait right. till the trade deadline you could probably get them for a, a lower price i don't know what that price would be though i really think a, a pick and a prospect not a roster player i would yeah i would say two picks just like just like zadorov I don't know what those picks would be because i don't know if they have to retain salary or whatever i do think that the reason they're they're uh, playing Robertson as much as they are. And the reason that Keith is out there talking about him growing shout out is that I think they're trying to trade him. I think that I think, would be a big mistake at this time. I, I think really do. I think they're shopping Robertson around. Like if he gets hurt again, you, it would look like, a, like you trade him. He gets hurt. It would look like a genius move. All of a sudden the guy becomes not injury prone. He figures out how to, score or how to stay healthy and stay in the league and he ends up putting up 20 to 25 then i'm gonna be like why the fuck did we waste all the time on this guy and just send him out and now he's popping 20 a season in calgary i think that's a risky it's risky i hear i hear what you're saying but that is a risky fucking move because he has looked at both ends of the ice a lot better a lot better he has yeah for sure for sure he has i'm just saying i'm just saying that I would if, try if to do it without risky, including him. Without including him. No, I, I would not for Zadorov. I wouldn't do that. Or but, Tanov, not for Tanov. Or Tanov, sorry, not for Tanov. Um, 
but I, I'm just saying it seems like the they're all talking about him and they're they're saying stuff to the media about how great he is and he, well he's looking he, good. Yeah, he has looked good, but it I know usually signals that they're trying to trade him. Remember when they talked about Fanuf? Like he was so like Babcock's like, oh, he's such a great leader, such a great yeah. person. They were just yeah. getting ready to no, I know what you're saying. I know, but he, again, another guy like Nyes on the cheap, Wall on the cheap, Robertson on the cheap, and all three of those guys are helping right now. So I'm I'm sure. not in any oh, rush. I'm not in any need- rush to move off of off of those guys. Or not not those guys, but Robertson particularly. But I would make the argument that you need two defensemen if if Tanev is is your target you're going to need another one now yep. if i could trade robertson for a really good defenseman sure maybe i only need to go for one but then you really have nobody to replace him with like that line i understand what you're saying we don't need to spend a lot we can get more yeah. into this as we go but like that line finally looks like you might have something there as a third line and then you break it up and then all of a sudden maybe don't we because it's just there's uh, you're there's right. risk there there's, there's risk there there's risk but I, eventually something's got to give if you want to fix the back end I, I would try to do it through like basically how Dubas and Pridham have done it in years past. Through yeah, no roster pros- players. No roster players. That's what I would personally but that makes at least hard. try to. Because now they have no goddamn picks for tree living to well, work with. What are you going to do? When, like, when it's, I don't really care about the picks. You've got Minton, you've got Cowan, you've got guys coming. You don't have anything on the fucking back end. I would pick a defenseman in every every pick they do have next draft, a defenseman. They do have a couple more guys coming. They've got a couple young guys in the system. So I'm not worried about picks when you basically, like, this team needs to win a cup in the next five fucking years. So For sure. blow, blow your load, tree living, with the fucking picks. Try to do prospects and picks first. Worry about the roster only if it's like a you have to include somebody off the roster that's what i would do anyway chad anything else before we bow tie this one no let's bow tie it up all right you got anything no that's it oh, that's it i thought you had something to say no. all right for the tip in maple leafs podcast once again follow us on social media at the tip in maple leafs podcast facebook instagram and youtube tip and podcast on tiktok tip and pod on twitter and email us tip and podcast at gmail.com and until next time i'm chad i'm dale and we will The worst team in the history of the National Hockey League, the Ottawa Senators. The Leafs are traveling down there for a little Thursday night tilt, a little Battle of Ontario action. Uh, Is DJ Smith still the coach? As of right now, as far as I know, he is. But after Thursday, who knows? Anyway, we'll be back, guys, after the Leafs play the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa on Thursday night to break it all down right here on the Tip in Maple Leafs podcast. I can't wait, Chad. How about you? No, I can't wait. All right, guys. Ready to come. (laughs) Me too. Let's get out of here. All right, guys. We'll catch you later.